Hey y'all, this is Sherry Witt, and you're listening to Unashamed. Unashamed is our weekly podcast where we discuss everyday topics from a biblical perspective, as well as having special guests on to give their testimonies on how the Lord has worked in their lives. Our earnest prayers that God will be lifted up, and this podcast can be used to further His kingdom. Now, on with the show, y'all. For the cause of Christ, I'll live my life This week's podcast is sponsored by Hilton Photography. Vanessa Hilton has over 25 years' experience as a professional photographer. She's located in Germantown, Ohio. You can find her on Facebook at Hilton Photography, or you can call her at 513-218-9393, or email her at psalm1849 at hotmail.com. Okay, so today we have a special guest, Pastor Michael Adams from South Fairborn Baptist Church, and he's going to share his testimony and some exciting thing that's going to be happening in the next couple weeks. So I'll go ahead and let you Okay, well, um, I guess what is leading up to our exciting event coming up as far as trying to bring an awakening uh, revival to Ohio is the testimony that the evangelist has coming and my testimony are so similar. Um, you know, I was born on a Sunday. A week later, I was baptized on a Sunday as a baby. And that kind of started my religious journey. And the same as the evangelist, I was uh, or like Paul said, you know, he's a Pharisee of the Pharisees and the sock of Benjamin, tribe of Benjamin and all that. And, and uh, I had that same kind of upbringing. I knew at 12 years old I was supposed to pastor a church, but I didn't know what salvation was. Uh, I was a religious. I hung on a cross for three hours in a boys club that we had. We had in our church, we had a boys club called the Order of the Cross. And I was the only one that could uh, recite at that time. Uh, the seven last sayings of Jesus on the cross. And so I hung up there on a cross tied on by ropes and I recited all that. And uh, like I said, I was religious. I was lost in religiosity. Um, everybody in school knew that I was the one that would pray before all the ball games and such. And, and um, then I got out and I got into a hardcore fundamental church. And the funny thing was, they, I got convicted about being baptized as a baby. And I need to be baptized after salvation. So I started thinking back to all the catechetical classes and uh, uh, catechism classes and all that, how they teach you to be a Christian in, in the church we were in growing up. I grew up in a Lutheran church and I thought, you know, I need to be baptized right. So I was baptized on an Easter Sunday morning, uh, immersed in baptism. So now I'm baptized right. So that just kind of sealed my religiosity. Um, but then I was in a church that they were so uh, strict on their rules and their legalism within that church that I was more worried about doing all those things right than I was with what I was doing with Jesus. So, I ended up going over 30 years before I answered God's call to preach. I got lost out in the way of the world. And uh, the more 
God called, the more opportunities God gave, the more I shook my fist at him and shook my head at him and said no. And said, you know, I'm just a, I'm a man. I can figure my things out. I can do all the things I need to do because I'm a man. And uh, God gave us a brain to be able to think with and do with. And the more I tried to, the more I failed. <clears throat> Until one night, um, Tammy and I hadn't talked for three and a half, four months. Unless we just tell each other to drop dead or something like that. Um, that's when Hurricane Ike had hit. And came all the way up here into Ohio. And that night in December of that year, we weren't talking whatsoever, and Tammy was just fed up with it and nothing else that was working. She was about to lose her job. I was uh, in trouble on my job. Um, She's about to lose her job through no fault of her own. Uh, but because of my own pride, I was about to lose mine, uh, having financial problems, and we weren't in church. And she stood at the bedroom door that night, and she said, you know, I've made arrangements with Mom to go stay with Mom. And she says, my gut tells me to leave, but my heart says to stay. I love you too much to leave you. And with that, she turned around and closed the door. <clears throat> and uh, that hit me. That really, really hit me. And I remembered turning around and saying, you know, just burying my face in my pillow and started praying and, and said, God, Jesus said, I'll, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And his words just started ringing out to me. And I said, I remembered as David cried out, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. And, and that was about quarter after 11 that night. And I said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And it was like a movie being played. I just sat back and for a, a few minutes and thought of the way I was doing things, the way I was living my life, the pride, the anger that I had. Somebody just looked at me wrong. I was cussing and fighting and everything else that went along with that. I was a scoundrel. I was not a likable person whatsoever. And I just started looking and looking back on things. I said, God, I can't be living this life this way and claim to be a Christian at all. A Christian can't backslide that far. And I said, God, I said, there is no joy of your salvation you can restore me because I don't have it. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible, though I knew the Bible, I knew it inside and out. Um, like I said, I was religious. Favorite thing to do is, one of my favorite things to do is to read the Bible. And I thought how in Lamentations it says, I am cut off, I'm, you know, I'm in the abyss and I'm cut off. And I said, God, I'm cut off. I'm cut off from everything in my life, especially my wife and, and from you, God. And I started praying. Like I said, it had started around 
quarter after 11 that night and just in uh I always keep a water bottle there by the bed when I go to bed. I had to get a drink and I was praying. I wasn't just praying, you know, I was, I, I was praying out loud all night long. Tammy probably heard it half the night. Um, but I got a drink of water and just the clock was right there and I just happened to see the clock that it was after 3.30 in the morning. And I just kept praying and next thing I knew I had just passed out from exhaustion. So I knew the prayer was over four hours long. And uh, that next morning, alarm clock goes off at six o'clock, so somewhere maybe two hours of sleep that night. But I get up renewed. I felt like I had slept all night long. I was totally restored uh, physically. Spiritually, I was born again. And when I came down, there must have been a glow or something going on because I looked at Tammy and she started smiling. I said, if this marriage is going to work, we're going to be in church this Sunday. I don't care where. And for the first time in months, we hugged each other and gave each other a kiss before I went to work and said, I love you to each other. And I went to work and I couldn't wait to get home to her. And when I got home to her, we just embraced and embraced. She said, you got saved, didn't you? And I said, what do you know about salvation? And for the first time she told me she got saved when she was 19. And it was just a, a celebration that we had, but we'd both been raised Lutheran, we both religious, and we actually went back to a Lutheran church. And I thought I'd swallow my pride and say, wherever you wanna go, we'll go. But we're gonna be in church. One thing led to another, and. We got to the church where we need, knew we needed to be. And um, it's been quite a ride since then. But it's all that, that one night when she closed the door and said, I love you too much to leave you, that just opened my eyes, opened my heart, my mind. And I was able just to start praying like I had never prayed before. I don't, I don't know that I've ever prayed that way since. I mean... I was just totally immersed in a prayer. And uh, the thing is she has been such, she's been such the greatest support that you could ever ask for. And for the first time in my life, I found somebody who was patient with me. And it's been great since then. So that's why I say my Testimony is a lot like the evangelist coming. He was along, along the same kind of way. We have D.R. Harrison coming on the 24th of January. And, um, looking at his life and the religiosity that he was lost in was the same as mine. And, um, a lot of people said, well, you got to go to seminary. You got to do this. You got to do that to be able to pastor and be able to preach. And it's God who puts you in a position to do so. If he calls you, he's got to teach you. Mm -hmm. And I knew instantly once I got up that morning and once Tammy and I talked about it and got back in church that I was going to be in evangelism or missionary work or pastoring or something. And uh, I was praying and God said, you know, I told you I called you to pastor. And I said, okay, God, will you show me where? And he put us into over a dozen churches, two, three, four months, six months at a time over the last uh, 10 years, 12 years, 
and we learned. That was our education. Mm -hmm. We saw what churches were successful, why they were. Um, we saw churches that are no longer in existence. And we know why they ended up folding. Um, so then, six years ago, our deacon, Brother Charles, asked me to come here and be the pastor. And I, I told him no at that time. I said, you know, I'm uh, come to you know, South Fairborn. And I said, I'm not ready for it. I don't have peace with it to say yes. I said, I really don't have peace to say no either. I said, I'm just kind of in a quandary about it. I said, but if I don't have peace to say yes, I can't accept it. So we went another, we went four years. And uh, finally the pastor that was here came to me and said, I'm ready to leave. Do you want to take over? I said, I'm ready now. And so we took over and it's been a joy. It's something that beyond uh, expectation. Now, how long have you been pastor here? We've been this year in uh, July. It'll be three years. Okay. So um, first thing I said when we came in, and uh, I remember being here six years ago when I came in, and uh, Tammy and I and our daughter and a friend and, and my mother-in-law, there's five of us that came to the church, and there was eight people in the service. Five of them was from our family. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I said, first, first thing I said when I came here was we're going to grow this church. Well, I wasn't meaning in numbers. We're going to grow spiritually together, and we're going to grow as a body together. And uh, we've done that, and then God's given us increase. Mm -hmm. We've had Sundays where instead of having just 12 or 15, we've had 40, 45, 50 people. And we're working on retaining some of those people and seeing where God leads us from there. But it's a, it's a joy to work for God, work for Work for a God that's uh, beyond description. Mm -hmm. so. Now, I know, like, I'm friends with you on Facebook, and I've seen your mm -hmm. desire to see revival come yes. to Ohio, specifically this area. Can you talk more about that? I mean, ah, uh, yeah. Um, our music leader, Mark Mundy, um, turned me on to the revivals that are happening in Tennessee, the Greenville Awakening a couple years in 2018 and I started listening every now and then to D.R. Harrison his messages and, and that um, we had a tent revival at South Dayton Baptist oh it's been 10 years ago and we had an evangelist come in from Ogden Utah and we had a three-day tent revival and it went well uh, but mostly it was just something for the church for the local church we're talking about we want to have a, a great awakening like Whitfield or um, the great awakening is of the 17 1800s we want to have a, a powerful God shaking experience and bring revival to Ohio and um, this past fall in September I guess it was DR Harrison put out a on a Friday night a message about revival it went about six minutes long and talking about pastors, do you have a burden for revival? And I'm listening to it, and I run downstairs to 
show it to Tammy and say, listen to this. And she started listening to it. And we both at the same time said, we got to bring him to Ohio. So we're working with other churches, other pastors to try to get everybody together where we can have a great awakening in Ohio. Um, many evangelists over the years that I've known since the early 1980s have said that Ohio, that Dayton, Ohio area is one of the hardest areas in the entire country to evangelize in. And, you know, that that should be a convicting thing to pastors to roll up their sleeves and get busy and work it. Mm-hmm. And then we had uh, the Memorial Day tornadoes hit. And I went with Samaritan's Purse and the disaster relief. In two weeks' time, we saw 139 people confess Jesus Christ as their Savior. Amen. Including my 88-year-old mother-in-law. Wow, that's awesome. And out of that, you know, that, that's an amazing thing that um, less than 1% of people that ever get saved get saved after they're 70 years old. We saw 10 people that week, those two weeks, get saved that were over 70. And there was a man who was 89 years old. And... Um, we saw communities pulling together in Harrison Township and Trotwood that had never done that before. And we saw churches pulling together. Um, they were acting as one. They didn't care. You know, you were from the Pentecostal church, you were from the Baptist church, you were from the Nazarene church, you were from the white church, you were from the black church. It was that we were the church. Mm-hmm. And that's how we have to have revivals as the church. And... Uh, Jesus isn't coming back for a particular denomination or a particular local church. He's coming back for the church. And I believe his return is imminent. And we need to be out preaching. We need to be out showing people who Jesus is. Um, And I I have a friend of mine that that has a saying, and it just uh, echoes through my mind all the time, how bad you have to hate somebody to not tell them about Jesus. And he says, you know, have you, have you told your kids about Jesus? Why not? Do you hate them? Have you told your mom and dad about Jesus? Why not? Do you hate them? And to think about it, he's really right. How bad do we have to... That. that is true. Yeah, how bad do we have to hate somebody to not tell them about Jesus? Right. And you know, Jesus didn't hate. He, uh, he reproved. Mm-hmm. He... Uh, showed people where they were dead in their sin and trespasses, but he loved them. And we need to show that same love and get out and show people. So I saw the area for once coming together, that the area for once was um, coming together as a church, regardless of denomination, regardless of skin color or ethnic background or anything like that. It was Christians working together in the uh, in uh, with Samaritan's Purse in his disaster relief, and then we got to um, a few weeks later, we had this shooting in Dayton, the mass shooting, right? And that uh, happened down in you know in a drunk part of town where they're all partying and drinking and and all that, and you kind of expect something like that to happen you don't want to see it it's horrible but the city started coming together a little bit more 
And with all these things, right after that, DR put out that message on that Friday night about revival and have a burden for it. I said, we've got to do this and do it now. We can't wait. Now, doing it now is, yeah, we need preparation time. It may take a year to get there. Uh, it might be 2021 before we have a tent revival here, a great awakening in Ohio. But we need to get busy and get people out and work as the disciples were led to do, you know, going out and uh, preaching and teaching in the streets. We find a lot of safety hiding behind four walls. A lot of pastors can be pretty bold and stand behind a pulpit preaching, but what can they do in the street? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's time for us to get out there. So, I love street preaching anyway. It's a challenge. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of fun. It really is. And um, I've seen, seen men that I would be afraid of as big as they are, uh, as strong as they are, and you can see the strength in them that I would really be afraid of them to get into a fight with them. But I've seen them melt. You can tell them about Jesus and break down like little babies. And um, we got to get out and tell people about Jesus. Mm -hmm. So it's Friday, January 24th, 7 p.m., right? 7 p.m. Right. Here at South Fairborn Baptist yes. Church. I'm Baptist looking forward Church. to it. I'm excited. Oh, I am too. We we may have a full house. Uh, we're looking at possibly over 100 people. That's awesome. The most I've ever seen in here is 72 to 74 people. Um, some of us counted 72, some counted 74. So between 72 and 74 is the most we've ever seen in here at one time. Mm -hmm. And we'd like to see over 100. We understand there's 10 or 12 pastors that are going to be here. Mm -hmm. And if we have that kind of support, um, I'd invite everybody to come out unless they're afraid of the supernatural abilities of God showing up in a service. Mm -hmm. Because I think we're going to see something supernatural. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I think there's an explosion waiting to happen. I think there's a, an event awaiting, waiting to happen that God just hasn't revealed to us until Friday night. Yeah. It's, I'm ready. I'm excited. Uh, I'm even taking a day off work so I can be here on time. <laughs> so, but it's worth that kind of commitment. Mm -hmm. It's worth that kind of a sacrifice, if you want to call it as a sacrifice or whatever. Um, and that's where our people need to get back to. Mm -hmm. Church first, everything else right. comes in, water, whatever order after that, but church first. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have fought a spiritual battle this week. I I knew an attack was imminent. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. And not to go into deep detail because of what's happened at work, but uh, I was spiritually attacked at work. And all I can do is say glory to God. Because he's on me, maybe he's leaving somebody else alone. You know, Satan jumping on me, maybe he's leaving somebody else alone. And uh, it got me down, but I have some good friends that I said, pray for me. I can feel the church praying for me. I can feel the presence of God on me. Um, and then I stood there Wednesday morning at work with a good Christian man, good friend of mine. He's been to our church and spoken before. Um, and I just, I knew 
Okay, Satan, bring it. I can take it. And you're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to steal my happiness. You're not welcome in my church. You're not going to be there. And uh, you wouldn't be attacking me like this if there wasn't something supernatural from God coming. Mm -hmm. So we're ready. I'm ready. So we're going to have a lady singing. That's going to be... uh, Amazing, amazing singer. And we're going to have preaching. We're going to have prayer. We're going to have altar prayer as soon as we can. Uh, We may even have an altar prayer during the first song or after the first song. And anybody that wants to come to the altar, come to the altar and pray. Um, And we'll make it abundantly clear that uh, the altar is open from the beginning of the service to the end of the service. Anytime you want to come to the altar and pray, you come to the altar and pray. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, it doesn't matter if we sing. To me, it doesn't matter if we preach. Because as I tell our congregation all the time, your spiritual life will never be higher than your prayer life. And we need to pray. Mm -hmm. And we're not interrupting uh, preaching by having everybody coming and praying. We're not interrupting singing by having everybody coming and praying, but we're interrupting praying with the others. Right. So our altar is always open. It's always ready to be prayed upon. And um, yes, yeah, P R A Y E D, prayed upon. I've been prayed upon, P R E Y E D, this week. But uh, our altar is always open. We have a direct access to God in prayer uh, since since the uh, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Uh, and if we have that direct access, why don't we take it? Use it. Mm-hmm. So we're happy and we're ready. And we're going joyfully. We're just, we're just ready. Mm-hmm. We're ready to see revival. We're ready to see people being saved. We've seen people being saved here. We've seen baptisms here. Um, We have one or two that if they would get saved, uh, it would change this whole church. We have one or two that they get saved, it might change Fairborn, Ohio. And if people are out there and they're in this area that might happen to listen to this and they need a home church, We call ourselves the biggest little church in Fairborn. We have the biggest heart. We have people with testimonies. That's amazing. We have people that want to serve. Oh, we have our interior troubles, just like any family. You know, brothers and sisters and kids are going to argue, fuss, and fight, and disagree, and stuff like that all the time. We have that, sure. but we also have people say, you know, I'm sorry, I love you. So um, we call ourselves the biggest little church in Fairborn. Um, that's what we call ourselves. What I want the rest of Fairborn to call us is what they called them in the book of Acts. These are they that uh, have turned the world upside down. They've come hither also. And I want them, I want the people of Fairborn to know this little church here ain't stopping for nothing. Amen. Can you tell us where you're located? We're at 1642 Superior Avenue, Fairborn, Ohio, just off 
Dayton Yellow Springs. Um, on Superior, between Dayton Yellow Springs and Thunderbird, we're the church in the middle. There's one on the corner, there's one on the other end, and we're in the middle. So we might not have the best looking parking lot, uh, best looking building or anything else, but uh, we have the best heart. Amen. So. Well, thank you very much. And thank testimony. you. Testimony. Looking forward to the revival and seeing what the Lord's going to do. I'm super excited. Yeah. And we're having a prayer night too. Okay. Uh, matter of fact, Thursday um, on the 23rd, starting at 6 o'clock. Mm -hmm. uh, there will be somebody here by 6 o'clock to open it up. Then after that, it's uh, whatever time you can come by and pray. I might be here all night. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'll be here as long as the Lord leads. As soon as I can get here from work, I'll be here and I'll be praying. Okay. You know, I'll pray with whoever's here. And um, If I'm here at midnight or 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning or until it's time to put coffee on in the morning, I'm here praying. So anybody wants to come in and pray, well, we'll just have a pray in and pray. Okay. That'll be on Thursday before the the uh, revival, and then revival starts at seven. But people want to be here by four or five, six o'clock. Start praying. Yeah, is another thing. Well, come on in and start praying. Too. Yeah, it sounded like we want to get good yeah. seats. Yeah, uh, we, we will have plenty of parking because we are going to tell the church on the corner that we're using their parking lot. We're not going to ask. We're going to tell them we're going to need it. So that's just a bit of humor there, but uh, I'm sure they won't have a problem with us using it. Yeah. And uh, we're excited. Mm -hmm. We are really excited to bring something like this to Fairborn. Yeah. It's, it's a cold town and it needs it. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of uh, religious churches in this town, but we need to have more Jesus churches in this town. Thanks for listening this week to our podcast, Unashamed. We hope you enjoyed it. The song Unashamed is by Brian Free and Assurance from their album Unashamed. You can find more information about Brian Free and Assurance, a wonderful Southern Gospel group, at their website, brianfreeandassurance.com. See you next week, y'all.